I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, I am answering one of your questions called in to the podcast phone number. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose for today is that we are out of quarantine. I have never been more confident that I do not have the Rona than I have before. I've just been tested so much. Um, So yeah, very happy to be out. The thorn is that I did spend my birthday in quarantine, which I just didn't think I was going to have to do for another year, but that's okay. We survive. I was not cool about it. Let me be clear. I was, I was very not chill about it at all, (laughs) but you know, once I woke up the next day, it was almost like a relief of just like the pressure to make my actual birthday feel special went away. And so many people, I had friends like have things delivered to my home. My husband was amazing, put like balloons up for me. So like it wasn't for lack of people caring or showing that I should feel special. It was just full on pity party over here. So that's that. And my bud is that I am giving myself a birthday redo this weekend just to kind of sit with myself, do some reflection. I think I figured out what the right recipe is for me in terms of a birthday. I actually think keeping it very low key is ideal. I wrote a post on Instagram about the birthday sads and a lot of you guys are with me. Thank you so much for responding if you did and just saying like, you're not alone. I go through this too. That meant so much. And so a lot of you all who have kind of figured out the birthday sads have talked about traveling or even just keeping it really low key or spending the birthday alone. And I really think that might be it for me. Traveling is definitely an easy win. Um, But I think even if I can't travel, I think spending most of the day by myself, just doing things that make me happy is what has been the best. Like birthdays where I've done that have been the best for me. And then I'd love to have like a really nice dinner with my husband, but like I think really keeping it very, very chill and like low expectation. I think that's the sweet spot. So that's what I'm going to try next year. But in the meantime, I'm going to give myself a day like that this weekend. My husband and I have dinner reservations for where we were going to go for my birthday. And then for the rest of the day, I'm going to just journal and spend time with myself feeling good. Um, All right. So today we have a call in voicemail. So let's hear from today's caller. Hi, Sarah Jane. My name is Joy and I'm an Enneagram 2. Um, I have a question about something that I'm wondering if other two struggle with. Um, we are told a lot in teaching that if we um, set healthy boundaries and ask for help when we need help, uh, that we will become healthier. Um, and so as I try to grow and do both of those things more, um, when I do that, I seem to struggle with a lot of guilt because I couldn't fully take care of myself or um, I couldn't be everything to everyone. And so um, when I do set good, healthy boundaries uh, with someone, then I feel very guilty that I couldn't help them perfectly or do everything for them. So I'm wondering if other two struggle with that and how to deal with that. 
Thank you. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for calling in your question. First of all, you are definitely not alone. Other twos are definitely dealing with that. But honestly, anyone setting boundaries for the first time will deal with that discomfort. So it's definitely not just you by any means. So let's talk about boundaries, like way to set boundaries. So impressive, already a win. So how do we handle it once it's been done? How do we manage our feelings around it? So if you think about your Enneagram type as the thing that kept you safe in childhood, well, then it makes sense that it's hard to let go of those behaviors in adulthood, right? We still fear the consequences that we feared as children. So for type twos, they learned that love was earned. So they began to earn their place for what they did for other people. So in adulthood, this manifests as seeing your worth as what you contribute to the lives of others rather than just being worthy as you are. So it's natural that as you untangle the behaviors that stem from that childhood messaging, you would feel afraid of the consequences of your childhood fears, the fears that created the behavior. So if I set boundaries, I will not be needed and therefore I will not be loved. So what do we do with that? First, we recognize that changing things that stem from the core of our being, right, that come from our deepest, most animalistic place of self-protection, it's uncomfortable and it's just kind of part of the process. I think we like to talk about personal growth as like this love, light, everything feels amazing, you're expanded, you finally have enough to give back to other people. Yeah, kind of, but also more likely as you build in a new habit, it's scary. You're likely to feel a lot of negative emotions, fear, guilt, shame, but emotions are temporary, right? They don't last forever. So in the midst of those emotions is your opportunity to reparent yourself, to rewrite your childhood message. So when the guilt rises up, you can say what you needed to hear when you were little back to yourself. You are loved even when you take space. You are safe to set boundaries. The right people will respect your need to care for yourself. Love is not earned. Soothe yourself through those feelings with supportive words as though you are soothing a child who needs to know that they will be okay because you kind of are, right? It's like that little part of you that learned you can't be okay and set boundaries at the same time. They need to know, they need to be reassured. They are safe, they are loved, they're gonna be okay. Today's podcast is brought to you by LMNT. LMNT is a tasty electrolyte drink mixed with everything you need and nothing that you don't. That means lots of salt, no sugar. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, with none of the junk, so no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients. There's not even gluten or fillers, like none of that stuff. Element T is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to people who follow a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. Electrolyte deficiencies or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, weakness, When you sweat, the primary electrolyte lost is sodium, and you can lose up to 7 grams per day. When sodium isn't replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps and fatigue. 
I have like always been someone who prided myself on drinking plenty of water, always having enough water in. So I couldn't figure out why I was getting these headaches that felt like dehydration headaches. And it was through talking with my doctor that I learned that I wasn't getting enough electrolytes. I wasn't getting electrolytes. And so I started my electrolyte practice years ago, uh, adding that into my diet, making sure that I was getting not only my water intake, but also the things that would help the hydration to truly absorb. LMNT is used by everyone from NBA, NFL, and NHL players, Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs, to everyday moms and exercise enthusiasts. And y'all, it tastes so good. My favorite is the watermelon salt. LMNT is so sure you will love their product and come back for more that they are offering you a free LMNT sample pack. That's eight single serving packs free. Just cover the cost of shipping. That's $5 for U.S. customers. Get yours at Drink lmnt.com slash egram. The steel is not available on their regular website, so you have to go to drinklmnt.com slash egram. LMNT offers a no questions asked refund, so try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and we'll give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Thank you, LMNT, for supporting the podcast and for making such delicious electrolyte beverages. Second, remember that guilt related to setting boundary is really saying to yourself and to others that everyone else's wants are more important than your needs. I had a really good type two friend and I had a conversation one time about she travels a lot for work. So when she'll get on a plane, she is just a really friendly, inviting person. And so she's like, you know, when I get on the plane, people next to me always want to talk. They want to tell me their entire life story. They want to tell me their problems. But like, I'm usually on my way to do a speaking engagement and so I need to either sleep because I'm tired or prepare for the speaking engagement. Like as much as I want this person to feel loved, I also directly need for that to to be in my own space, to take care of myself, right? And in that conversation, I remember asking her like, why do you think, like why is it not selfish of them to take that time, but it's selfish of you to ask for that time. So if, if you set that boundary, if you say, hey, I would love to talk to you, but honestly, I really need to sleep on this plane. If they have a problem with that, which most people wouldn't, you know, there's a rare few who might, um, but if they have a problem with that, why is that your responsibility like why are you in charge of managing their emotional reaction to the things that you need to do for yourself when especially with strangers right um this is more complicated in relationship but even at at that point we're still they're still saying to you through their behavior through their decision to be upset they're saying no my needs are more important than yours somehow so in a in the situation with a stranger on the plane, right? That's a more clear cut. It's like, all right, dude, or person, you it's time to like own your own emotional reaction to a stranger not being able to be there for you right now. Um, but in a relationship, you can think of it less as it's like either I get my needs met or you get your needs met. And more so, how can we make sure that both of us are getting our needs met? It's not like 
you know, either you or I, it's like both. We both can. There's not a, a limited resource here in terms of needs and self-care. So how can you make sure that, you know, your partner, your mom, your person, you know, you set the boundary and they can still meet, the, they can meet their own needs. You can meet their needs later. Um, you can meet their needs in a different way. Or maybe it, yeah, maybe they just need to meet them themselves. But either way, what I, I guess the, the core of the message here is in that guilt, what you're saying to yourself and what you're saying to other people is you are more important than me. Your wants from me are more important than the needs that I have for myself. You are safe to set those boundaries, right? Because anyone upset with you is doing the thing you're so afraid of doing, right? You're so afraid of being selfish. So then you over-sacrifice in order to not trigger someone else's selfishness, right? You're ignoring your needs in order to satisfy their desires. I hope that this is helpful and Thank you again so much for calling in. If you are listening today and you have a question you'd like answered in a future episode, call them in to 828-338-9127. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Mm-hmm.